Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 27. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Stealing a Snickers bar is equal to murder in God's eyes. Did you know? That's why people are, I'm a good person. I can go to heaven because I'm a good person. Listen, good luck. (laughs) (coughs) Well, have you ever lied? No. Well, yeah, you just lied. (laughs) Going to hell. Everyone has sinned. That's why when the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, God's word is right and you are wrong. Amen. 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 So I realize that God does not like categorize sin and this is like the top 10 biggies. <laughs> and if you know you violate the top 10 biggies and you know, get another category, that's not God. But if he did, let's just say, work with me, if he did, I would say, that Judas' sin was the absolute worst of all of those men I mentioned. Why? Because, as I've said, he spent time with Jesus. He, is, he had the greatest privilege known to man, and he hardened his heart. And that's why Jesus said in John 13, 27, he called Judas the devil. Why? Because he hardened his heart, even in the face of Spending time with the living God, the God of all creation, Judas hardened his heart. And then the Bible says, after he saw Jesus condemned, then he was remorseful. Again, some of your Bibles say repented. Now, does that, does that mean that Judas, that we'll see Judas in heaven? Absolutely, positively, no. You will not see Judas in heaven. Because the word repented, listen, oftentimes over and over in the scriptures, if you're still listening, say amen. Amen. Oftentimes over and over in the scriptures, we have this word repented. The word repent is metanoia. That's the Greek word. It means to turn around and go the other way. It means make a yui. You were going this way after your own way. Now turn around and follow God. That's what the word repent means. It means to have a change of mind, a change of heart, and thus you'll have a change of action. Now, this word repent is used of metanoia. It means to change your mind, but that's not the word used here for Judas. It's a different Greek word. It sounds a bit like it, but it is a different Greek word. And so this word here for Judas literally means, when it says that he was remorseful or that he repented, it literally means to have deep sorrow or regret. You see, Judas was remorseful and repentant, but he didn't repent to God. 
He was so remorseful that he, he, he brought back the money, the blood money, as if he could give it back and clear his conscience, and he didn't confess to Jesus. He confessed out of fear. He was basically grasping for straws, looking for another way to get rid of the guilt. And the priest didn't care. We just read it. They said, Judas, you feel bad? That's not our concern. And desperate and hopeless and alone with guilt, he threw the money down and he went out and he hung himself on a tree. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, it gives us a bit more commentary. It says this. Now this man, speaking of Judas, purchased a field with the wages of iniquity and falling, get this, headlong, he burst open in the middle and all of his entrails gushed out. That's gross. And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem so that the field is called in their own language, Akel Dama, that is, the field of blood. And so Judas hanged himself above some sharp stones and either the rope broke or the branch broke and his body was split open and his guts came rushing out. He committed suicide. This is the second time in the Bible that suicide is mentioned. If you're taking notes, read this story. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 15. There's a man by the name of Ahithophel, and he was one of David's counselors, and he sided with Absalom, and then he realized that he had played the part of a fool, and you know what he did? He went out, and he hung himself. Suicide. People ask me all the time, as a matter of fact, it's a fairly common question. Pastor Rodney, if a person commits suicide, I'm going to say this and I'm going to move on. If a person commits suicide, will they go to heaven? I've heard that a lot. I've been asked that question a lot. As a matter of fact, when I went to Catholic school, for most of my elementary and and some of uh, high school, this is what I was taught. If a person commits suicide, they cannot go to heaven. That is what Catholic doctrine teaches. And that's what I've been taught. And people ask me all the time. And I will tell them, listen, if a Christian commits suicide, they will go to heaven. Understand something. In order to go to heaven, you have to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. That and that alone, don't add anything to that and don't take anything away from it. The reality is you must be born again by receiving Jesus in your heart and in your life and becoming a Christian. Now, if you commit suicide, you will go to heaven. But you will miss a tremendous blessing that God has for your life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and that what? More abundantly. You see, God's come to give you life. God's come to give you life. God wants to bless your life. And God wants your life to be a blessing to others. But if you commit suicide, you short circuit that. So can a Christian commit suicide and go to heaven? Yeah, they can. But I wouldn't recommend it. Amen, Amen, saints. Don't do it. I just don't love myself. Can I tell you something? Do you realize that suicide, listen close, suicide is the greatest display of self-love that you could ever, ever accomplish. When when a person commits suicide, that is their declaration of their love for self because they love themselves so much and they are so self-absorbed that they take their life not considering what that suicide will do to someone else. What if you commit suicide? Have you thought about what it's going to do to your family? How they're going to have to live with that pain all of their lives? Well, I just don't love myself. Yeah, you do. 
The problem is you love you too much. Oh, same, same, man. You know that's right. You love you so much, you're willing to take your own life and put everyone that loves you and cares for you in pain. <coughs> Committing suicide. If you're a Christian, don't do it. God's got more for you. Amen, saints. God's got more for you than you taking your life. Now, if you are a non-Christian and you commit suicide, will you go to heaven? Absolutely not. It's not because you committed suicide. It's because you have rejected Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. If you understand that, say amen. amen. This is huge. So Judas here, he committed suicide. He goes out and hangs himself on a tree. Listen, by Ju- listen to this. Listen. Listen. By Judas going out to hang himself on a tree, get this. That is proof positive that Jesus Christ was completely innocent. How so, Rodney? Because, think about this. Again, Judas spent three years with him. If Jesus had ever once, I mean ever once, ever sinned once, Judas would have felt justified in his betrayal. Judas would have said, yeah, okay, he talks about he's come to do the Father's will. He talks about the fact that he's the Son of God. He tells people that. But Judas might say, but I saw him when nobody else was looking. I saw him telling off-color jokes, laughing when the Romans told jokes about stuff. I saw him sinning, and I betrayed him, and he deserved it. No, Judas committed suicide. Why? Because he shed innocent blood. So Judas hanging himself on a tree is proof positive that Jesus Christ was, in fact, who he said he was, and he was... (coughs) Completely innocent. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 16 through 19, get this. If a man bears false witness, this is what it reads, you can read it in your own time. If a man bears false witness and one suffers because of that false witness or because of that lie, then the person telling the lie should suffer the same fate that happened to the one who the lie was told about. According to Deuteronomy. So Judas, now listen, stay with me. Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. So Judas now, being the one who was telling a lie, who was the false witness, he went out and hanged himself because Judas realized that Jesus was going to be hung on a tree and crucified, and he couldn't crucify himself. He might nail one hand, but how's he going to get the other one nailed? So Judas understanding Deuteronomy chapter 19, which says that if you lie on someone and you're a false witness, you are to suffer the same thing as that person would have if they had been convicted. And if Jesus had been rightfully convicted, he would have suffered death on the cross because the death on the cross was a Roman form of capital punishment. And so Judas goes out and the best he could do was to hang himself from a tree because he couldn't hang on a tree because there was no one to hang him there. Very interesting. And so the contrast, if you've been with us, you know this, the contrast between Peter and Judas. Peter felt remorse and sorrow and it led Peter, Peter to Jesus' side. Judas felt remorse and it led him to suicide. Isn't that interesting? 
The Bible calls Judas kind of remorse, sorrow of the world. There are two types of sorrow. If you're taking notes, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. There are two types of sorrow. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow, read this with me, but the sorrow of the world, read it with me, but the sorrow of the world produces death. The Bible talks about two kinds of sorrow. There is the Judas kind of sorrow, which is the sorrow of the world. You know what that means? That means you're just sorry you got caught. It's like your kids. Say amen, parents. Amen. You're like, are you sorry? Yes, I'm sorry. I'll tell you, I'll never do it again. And under their breath, they're going, yeah, I'm sorry I got caught. I'll never do it again. I was just so sorry I got caught. Never do it again. Dad love baby. Just sorry to get caught. They do it again. That, the Bible says, is sorrow of the world. But godly sorrow is true repentance, and it always leads you toward God. True repentance leads to prayer and hope like Peter. Remorse like Judas brings hopelessness and desperation and a feeling of worthlessness, and people commit suicide. And then notice in verse 6, we just read it. They took the money and they said, hey, we can't put this money back in the treasury. It's blood money. I find that interesting because they took the money from the treasury to give to Judas in the first place. They ain't no problem with that. <laughs> Religious folks. Oh, we can't put this blood money. We can't put that money back in the treasury. It's blood money. Yeah, but you could take it out of the treasury to have somebody kill. <laughs> oh, come on, people. And now all of a sudden they are terribly concerned about putting blood money in the treasury. And they took the money. And notice what they did with it. They purchased a field in fulfillment of Jeremiah's prophecy and repeated by Zechariah chapter 11, verse 12 and 13. You see, this field was a place where they would throw pieces of clay and bury the dead. It was a field. It was called the potter's field. In those days, they had a lot of clay. They had a lot of pots and, and pottery. And when they had nothing to do with it, they discarded it to this field. And it became known as the potter's field. It was also a field that was used for people who didn't have a place to be buried. Remember Joseph of Arimathea? He purchased a new tomb that Jesus was laid in. That's because he was wealthy. And he had a place for his family to be buried. But there were a lot of people who did not have a place to be buried, who didn't have a place to, you know, rest. And so they would also put them in this potter's field. And so Jesus, isn't it interesting, this blood money of Jesus Christ was used to buy a field where there were broken pottery pieces of clay and dead bodies. And his blood, are you with me? His blood purchased a field where stuff was broken and folks were dead. Now you know where I'm going. Isn't it true? His blood was used to purchase us. When that happened, we were broken. We were a bunch of crackpots. Same in saints. That's you. I was. Rodney was broken. Rodney was cracked. Rodney was discarded. 
and Jesus came, and his blood purchased me from that field. Rodney was dead in his trespasses and sins, and so were you, and so was everyone. And Jesus' blood purchased us as well. Well, look at verse 11. Now, in verse 11, you're still with me saying, man. Now, when Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, You said it. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and the elders, he answered nothing. And then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him, Not a word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now notice, if you take the time to put John chapter 18, remember, you've got to put the Gospels together to get the full picture. So you want to take the time to read John chapter 18, and you'll see that the Bible says that the Sanhedrin, they brought Jesus to Pilate. And Pilate said, what's the accusation? And this is before verse 11. Pilate said, what's the accusation? They said, if he didn't do anything, then we wouldn't have brought him to you. So they never really made the accusation clear. <laughs> you know, they were trying to actually get Jesus convicted and put to death without a hearing. Interesting. Well, then Pilate said, you take him and judge him according to your law. They said, no, because we fear an uproar. You see, they didn't want the responsibility of death before the Passover. And then in Luke 23, verse 2, they began to accuse him, saying, we found this fellow perverting the nation, forbidding to pay taxes, and saying that he himself is Christ. Three things that they accused him of, misleading the nation, forbidding to pay taxes, and claiming to be the king. And then verse 18 of our text, look at it, fast forward, look at it. For he knew, he, Pilate, knew that they handed him over, not because the charges were true, but because of envy. Pilate knew that. And it was at that time that verse 11, Pilate talks to Jesus privately. And he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, it's as you say. Then John chapter 18, verse 34 through 38 tells us, then Jesus said, I came to bear witness to the truth. Remember putting the story together. I came to bear witness to the truth and everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And then Pilate asked that famous question, what is truth? Which then brings you to verse 11 in our text. Jesus is probably standing there bound beside Pilate on the balcony. And Pilate said, don't you hear what they're saying against you? And Jesus remained, what I like to call, in majestic silence. He said nothing. And Isaiah 53, verse 7, prophesied, he was oppressed and afflicted, and yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shears is silent, and he opened not his mouth. Well, then in verse 15, now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, in verse 16, they had a notorious, that's a real bad dude, prisoner called Barabbas. You know what his name means? Son of the father. Bar means son. Abba means father. Son of the father. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to him, who do you want me to release to you? The son of the father or Jesus, who was called the Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. And while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife came in. Listen to your wife, fellas. <laughs> Say amen, men. Amen. amen. I'm going to do it. Have nothing to do with that just man, she said. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders, they persuaded the multitude. Man, these guys were going through the crowd. 
whisper in the ears, persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Pilate, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, underline this, highlight it, most important question ever asked, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? That's the question of eternity. And they all said to him, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out the more. They didn't answer him. They cried out the more. They got louder. This whole mob mentality. Let him be crucified. When Pilate said that he could not prevail, when he noticed he couldn't prevail against them, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water, noticed what he did. He washed his hands before the multitude saying, I'm innocent of this just person you see to it. And all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. What are y'all crazy? And then he released in verse 26 Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Real quickly, I'm sure that Pilate's getting pretty frustrated by now. Things are getting out of hand. One more scheme up his sleeve, trying to compromise. There was a tradition to release a prisoner. The choice was made by Pilate, and he chose a really bad guy, thinking if I ask him, the, you know, who should I release, Jesus or Barabbas? Well, they'll choose Jesus, because it was just five days ago that they were all waving, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I mean, they love Jesus, you know, yay, Jesus. Surely they'll choose Jesus, compromise. But they didn't. They chose Barabbas. Did you notice that? There's something you can learn from this right off the top. Don't follow popular opinion. Don't, don't, don't go with the crowd. Don't follow the majority. You know, it makes me think of Noah and his family who went into the ark as a minority, and they came out a majority. <laughs> Amen? Don't, don't follow the crowd. Well, as soon as he asked the question, who should I release, Barabbas or Jesus, he received the message from his wife, honey, this guy's bad news. He's going to bring us problems, have nothing to do with him. He's a just man, actually, she said. And Pilate asked again, which of the two should I release? They said, Barabbas, what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? They said, crucify him. Pilate said, why? What has he done? They said, crucify him. Pilate knew he couldn't do anything, so he took some water, washed his hands, and he said, I'm innocent of the man, of this man's blood. You see, Pilate was outwardly doing something that could never really cleanse his soul. Makes me think of when I went to confession when I was a kid. I used to go to confessional and they used to say, I tell them all the bad stuff I did, which I kept in there for a while. And, 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 and I told him all the bad stuff. And he said, well, you go out and say four our fathers and five Hail Marys and light a few candles and you'll be forgiven. And I would do that, and, but I didn't feel forgiven and I didn't feel cleansed. And I went out and did it again. This pilot doing, he's just washing his hands. You know, some folks go to church when bad stuff happens. First thing you do is go to church. Look at 9-11. We're going to go to church for a whole week. Just to cleanse ourselves. And then you're not cleansed. You know, you try to give more money. You're not cleansed. You try to do things and good deeds to relieve your conscience. Well, Pilate is on the right track as he does need cleansing, but, but he needs something stronger than water. He needs to be cleansed by the blood. Amen, saints? Amen. Well, then in verse 25 and 26, the people said, His blood is on us and our children. I wrote in my Bible, Wow. So they released Barabbas, and they scourged Jesus. We'll talk more about this next week. Forty whips, forty lashes, minus one for mercy. And the lashes became easier as the prisoners confessed his crime and harder if the man kept silent. 
Isn't it interesting? You know, the Bible says, don't love the world, neither the things in the world, because the laws in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Isn't it interesting to take a look at Judas, who yielded to the devil in his sin of betrayal? Peter yielded to the flesh when he denied the Lord. And Pilate yielded to the world by listening to the crowd. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And he asked the question that we all have to answer. What then shall I do with Christ? What you going to do? I've told people, the issue is Jesus. What are you going to do with him? What about the people who never heard about him? Don't worry about them. Worry about you. What are you going to do with him? What will you do with Christ? That's the answer. That's the question of all eternity. What are you going to do? You're going to reject him? Repent remorsefully? Feel sorry and then go away unchanged? Or are you going to say, Lord, I receive you as I truly repent and turn to him? What will you do with Christ? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.